is the only bank devoted exclusively to entrepreneurs, and we're committed to the success of women entrepreneurs and majority women-owned companies across Canada. As a proud partner of the Thrive Podcast, we're here to help you start, grow, or scale your business. Find out more at bdc.ca forward slash women today. Scotiabank is proud to co-present the Thrive Podcast for Women Entrepreneurs. Through the Scotiabank Women Initiative, Scotiabank aims to help advance women-led businesses with access to capital, education, and mentorship. To learn more, visit scotiabankwomeninitiative.com. listening to the Thrive Podcast on the Startup Canada Podcast Network, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. On the Thrive Podcast, we connect you with leading experts, entrepreneurs, and organizations that provide capital, mentorship, training, tools, and other support to help you make your vision a reality faster. This podcast is a production of Startup Canada, Canada's entrepreneurship organization, and is presented in partnership with the Business Development Bank of Canada and Scotiabank. I'm your host, Kayla Isabel, Executive Director at Startup Canada. Welcome to the show. We are thrilled to have Annie Morsalet, the Chief Marketing Officer for the Business Development Bank of Canada, on our show today. Drawing on 20 years of experience in corporate and marketing communications, Annie oversees BDC's brand strategy and positioning, marketing, advertising, public relations, social media, as well as client experience and social entrepreneurship across the country. She joined BDC in 2015 as Vice President Marketing Communications and led a complete overhaul of the bank's image, repositioning BDC with a new brand, advertising, and communications platform, which resulted in increased recognition and awareness in the marketplace. Before joining BDC, Annie was a Senior Director of Marketing Communications for TELUS, where she oversaw a multidisciplinary marketing communications team for the Quebec region. She previously spent a decade in a variety of roles at Yellow Pages, notably as Director of Corporate and Marketing Communications. She also served as Vice President with Weber Shandwick, a leading global public relations firm in Montreal. An active member of the community, Annie also sits on the board of Fondation Marie-Vincent, which helps children who are victims of sexual abuse. She's also an advisor on the Strategic Council of l'Institut de la Confiance dans les Organisations, ICO. Welcome to the show, Annie. Delighted to be here. Hi, Gayla. Fantastic. So before we dive into what I'm sure is going to be a really incredible conversation, Annie, what are the top pieces of advice that you want women entrepreneurs listening uh, in today to take away from our chat? Well, it's a big question. So um, let's face it, there's been a lot of financial and emotional stress over the past few months with the COVID crisis. So the ability to find mental clarity in a crisis might be the difference between staying afloat or feeling constantly submerged and out of control. So in our research, women entrepreneurs consistently reported much higher rates of stress than their male counterparts. So two pieces of advice. Uh, First, and it's something that we've heard of so many times, but it's easier said than done, Take care of yourself first if you want to be able to take care of your business and others. Mm -hmm. And second, I would say reach out. You're not alone. Reach out to your peers and leverage 
new tools that are easily now available to help you with your mental well-being. When you feel more and more alone and isolated, this is a red flag. Dealing with the stress and anxiety alone leads to often exhaustion, burnout, and depression. So in terms of advice, you know, let's break out that vicious circle, speak out, reach out to uh, get help would be the key takeaways from what we've observed. Mm, thanks for that, Annie. And this topic for me, you know, definitely hits a, a really powerful chord and is something that I'm personally very committed to in my work. Um, and really incredible to see the work that BDC has done through various collaborations, um, notably with uh, the Canadian Mental Health Association. Um, so I know BDC last year uh, conducted the first Canadian survey on entrepreneurs' mental health. Uh, and I, I, we actually showcased a number of these results um, during our community summit that we held last year with with our um, entrepreneur leaders from across the country and I just remember all of the the information and the conversation that we had as a result of this survey being so powerful coming together talking about this topic um, so through that survey can you let our listeners know what did you find out what were the key insights that really came out of that collaboration with the Canadian Mental Health Association Sure. So the study provided a clear assessment of the state of mental health of entrepreneurs in Canada mm -hmm. for a first time. So results were concerning, but I'm sorry to say not surprising to us. Mm. So two out of three entrepreneurs felt depressed at least once a week. Wow. Uh, nearly half, so that's 50%, said that mental health issues interfered with their ability to work. So that's in your day to day. And certain entrepreneurs are more susceptible than others to experience mental health issues. Among them, well, women entrepreneurs, which is really highly relevant for, for, for this audience, mm -hmm. and very small or early stage businesses. So overall, entrepreneurs are less satisfied with their mental health than the general population. Mm -hmm. And let's uh, remind ourselves that that survey was conducted pre-COVID. Mm -hmm. So we can only imagine how this reality has changed since then. Mm, powerful. Yeah, I, I remember learning, it's particularly on the two thirds of entrepreneurs feeling depressed per week. That stat, you know, came up on on the screen during this large community summit, and everybody in the room felt that. You know, I feel that entrepreneurship is obviously incredibly lonely in moments, and and the effect of entrepreneurs' mental health, um, you know, in this current crisis. Uh, you know, th those stats were incredibly compelling a year ago. Today, um, it'll be really shocking, I imagine, to see how things have evolved now. Um, what would you, you know, explain these higher rates of mental health issues among entrepreneurs um, compared to general population? What do you think attributes um, those higher rates of mental health issues? Well, it's not easy to be an entrepreneur. Let's face it, business and personal lives uh, often overlap. Uh, entrepreneurs are generally overachievers, high performers. It's 24-7. It never stops. Uh, they put a lot on their shoulders to achieve their goals and their dreams. And Oftentimes, they carry the weight of their business, their employees, and their families, their own families, but the families of their employees. Mm. And what we've seen, in addition to, to the, the character or, or, or of being an entrepreneur, is the barriers to seeking mental health support. Mm. There's just still a lot of stigma. I think we've gone a long way in the general population to talk about mental health, but amongst the entrepreneurial um crowd and audience stigma is still highly there. The cost of um, mental care uh, is sometimes is too high for them to, to reach out. And the last lack of access 
to, I would say, customized uh, so solutions to help entrepreneurs. These are the main uh, attributes that um, differ from the general population. Hmm. And in the survey, were there specific groups of entrepreneurial populations that were more vulnerable than others? Um, what did you find in that research in terms of specific populations? Yes, that's a very interesting question. And indeed, early stage businesses or those smaller with fewer employees or less revenues are more likely to experience mental health issues. And that same that same uh, um, those same results goes for women entrepreneurs. In the case of women entrepreneurs, therefore, they face more different types of challenges when it comes to starting or building a business. They typically typically have more responsibilities to juggle with. So in the study they consistently reported much higher rates of stress than their male counterparts. I'm just going to give you a couple of examples. Sure. They uh, reported more uh, fatigue, uh, disturbed sleep, feeling of uncertainty or inadequacy, depressed mood, burnout, and those results were much higher than those of their male counterparts. Hmm. Interesting. And and not terribly surprising, I think, in, in terms of what we see with our women entrepreneurs that we deal with on a regular basis and in seeing the effects um, during COVID. Obviously, you know, women have been disproportionately affected with additional burdens at home and, you know, everything that has come on top of running their business. So, um, you know, now more than ever, supporting these types of, of specific populations and entrepreneurs in general, I think, you know, obviously is more important than ever. Goodness. Um, and so why did BDC decide to get involved with the topic of mental health? Um, you know, I think potentially early days, you might not necessarily uh, think of BDC as an organization that would be focused on this type of um, topic. How did how did this all begin? Well, entrepreneurs' well-being and mental health is very important to us because it's aligned with our purpose of being Canada's bank for entrepreneurs. Mm. So what matters to entrepreneurs uh, matters to us. Mm. And we know that the success relies on more than financing and advice, right? Mm -hmm. So success is driven by the overall well-being of an individual generally. So we had come across an American study stating that half of entrepreneurs were to experience in their lifetime one form or another of a mental health condition. And at the same time, we were hearing of stories of highly distressed entrepreneurs uh, around us, some of our clients, and even more close to home, one of our colleagues' brother, a serial entrepreneur, committed suicide. Mm. So we decided we needed to do something about it to find out more. And this is how we got to approach the Canadian Mental Health Association and look into the topic of mental health uh, in, in Canada more specifically because that was there was nothing readily available for us to, to look into. Wow, that's such a significant gap that, and really incredible to see BD Seal fill such an important conversation. Because um, exactly, I'm supporting entrepreneurs, we need to support their mental health as a part of that kind of holistic package. Um, incredible. Um, so we know that you know BDC works with over 62,000 entrepreneurs across Canada, a huge, huge population of, of entrepreneurs. What have you noticed in terms of mental health and stress among small business owners over the last few months? I mean, I know um, we've heard from our community that that obviously there have been a significant amount of pressures placed on small businesses. What are you hearing from your perspective um, and how COVID-19 has been affecting entrepreneurs' well-being? Well, we've been talking to thousands and thousands of business over, owners over the past few months. And again, there's been a lot of suffering uh, financially and emotionally. We've heard from entrepreneurs who have spent years building their businesses and suddenly they had to fight to keep them alive, to keep their staff on board and so on. So 
I think it's one of the first time that we've been exposed, so exposed to highly distressed entrepreneurs over the phone. People were crying, they felt they were feeling helpless, they needed to talk to someone. So we even had to train our own people to be able to offer the right support to be able to deal with these difficult calls and situations. Wow. And I'm afraid it's not over. But um, it was it was a very, very unusual circumstance for us with our clients. So and the main contributors to the stress and anxiety that we've observed have been to pay expenses and debt, the cash flow, keeping staff, keeping the business alive, and, and a lot of the uncertainty for the future. So although we're seeing activity as starting to resume in many provinces and industries, it's really still, it, it's really uneven and it's still uncertain. So since uh, over the past few months, um, the level of worry has been decreasing steadily since March. And entrepreneurs right now um, in, in the wake of the fall are even optimistic about the future of that company based on our most recent survey on the recovery. Interesting. And, and that demonstration of resilience, I think, has been incredible and very contagious. Uh, you know, we have seen so many people telling the stories of these incredible pivots from, you know, product-based businesses that took, uh, you know, their business online successfully or navigated new markets. Um, it has been really inspiring seeing entrepreneurs come together and solve, um, you know, the problems that this this pandemic has brought onto their laps. Um, so definitely some some source of inspiration, even during a really challenging time. Right. So, Annie, are, are there any mental health long-term trends that you see unfolding as a result of the pandemic? You mentioned that you've been surveying and obviously connecting with the entrepreneurs that you serve. What are the long-term trends that we're anticipating? When we initiated the research over a year ago, our goal was to start a conversation and to raise awareness about the challenges faced by entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. The pandemic brought a new light on those issues that are real and acute. So hopefully more openness to talk about mental health among uh, amongst entrepreneur circles would be uh, something that we'd like uh, to see as a long-term trend. We had started seeing uh, what we hope is gonna stay, more and more groups being organized, more tools being developed and discussions happening around the topic. I think it's also important and we're seeing that happening with the crisis to destigmatize mental health issues and encourage people to seek help. Mm. Another long-term trend um, and, and that's also issued it's that's issued from a New York Times articles teletherapy might outlast the pandemic. It might mm. provide the convenience entrepreneurs are looking for. What we've noticed is there's a lot of shame uh, for entrepreneurs to go and seek help or to walk into a clinic. Even one entrepreneur, I'm going to paraphrase what he was saying, going into the clinic was the walk of shame. So with these, the emergence of new mobile tools and um, remote therapy, I hope it's going to bring more entrepreneurs to want to seek help and in turn the therapy to be adjusted to the needs of the entrepreneurs. Mm, interesting. That That's a really powerful, even paraphrased, um, that, that message that, um, you know, there's guilt or there's shame around seeking mental health support. Uh, and I know with many entrepreneurs that we've talked to on this podcast or uh, in all of our programs, the idea that entrepreneurship is all about the hustle and it's so connected with being constantly on and working um, and, you know, compromising so many parts of yourself to get the job done and to build your business, that is really hard to decouple from from 
yourself and what you need. Um, so talking with entrepreneurs, seeing that others are getting mental health support and, and really recognizing the dramatic benefits of that support is so huge um, and, and understanding that it's not going to happen overnight, but could be one of the great benefits of this pandemic that this telemedicine option um, could sort of support entrepreneurs as we continue this destigmatization work. Uh, but, but really, really interesting. Um, from your interactions with entrepreneurs and also from the CMHA study, what are the strategies that you're seeing entrepreneurs use to cope with mental health issues and stress? On the Thrive Podcast, we get entrepreneurs from all walks of life um, sort of providing their own perspectives. But what came out of the study is some helpful tools or strategies for entrepreneurs to cope with, with the, the um, you know, mental health challenges that they might struggle with. It, it will sound simple, but these are the solutions that seem to be used by entrepreneurs right now that came out of the research. So, for, for instance, take some time out or time off. So time mm. out, go for a walk. You can even have conversation while you're walking. And we're hearing more and more of the benefits of that and taking some time off. We know that's a struggle. We know mm-hmm. that's a struggle. That's not number one in terms of the solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, one one of, of, of the things that we've observed is exercising. So exercise regularly, uh, practice self-care. That means, you know, some forms of mindfulness and meditation. And, you know, some are seeking help, but we've seen that um, that's still quite uh, low in terms of the people seeking help in the entrepreneurial circle. Mm-hmm. So we have completed a list of resource articles and tools in addition to what we have observed for entrepreneurs to look out on bdc.ca uh, if we, people want to look at some solutions that we found to be uh, useful. So in the surveys that the BDC has been conducting pre and during the crisis, were there any stats or, or any pieces of information that you found surprising? It's, it's how much of a stigma seeking for help has been. Mm. So with the crisis, what's happened is everybody was looking for some kind of reference. Our lives were completely changed overnight. And so a lot of organization has started to, to develop tools, discussions groups have started surfacing. So we're really, we were really happy to see other organization outside of BDC engaging into that conversation, bringing tools to their employees. But what we want to see happening more and more is things that are customized and that are relevant for entrepreneurs more specifically. It's been really, really great to see. It's a good start. There's a long way to go. So hopefully uh, this crisis will bring us to the next stage. Mm, we're definitely in alignment there. That sounds like a great direction forward. So over the next couple of months at BDC, you know, are there any other tools or resources that we can expect to see over the next couple of months, um, specifically for entrepreneurs looking to get mental health resources? So we're currently working on a research to update what we have learned from last year pre-COVID. So we hope to get back to market with fresh data to see the state of the mental health of entrepreneurs post-crisis. In addition to that, we have completed a section on bdc.ca. You look for well-being and we have a host of articles and tools for entrepreneurs to seek help, to self-care, and we're offering different resources to go to um, while we continue investigating this a very important topic uh, for entrepreneurs over the years in the years to come. Mm, fantastic. And what's your personal advice, you know, as a leader to cope with, you know, the uncertainty of what we're dealing with right now? Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, what what's your personal experience going through this pandemic? 
<laughs> well, this is going to be my own experience. Yeah. But routine would be it. Invest mm. time in yourself. Uh, I certainly have some traits of, of, of entrepreneurs, uh, mm. being an achiever, highly depending and demanding of myself. So keeping a discipline in my daily routine throughout the crisis, although I was working around the clock from home with two young kids around, mm. uh, kept me going. So my routine essentially is, is composed of a 10-minute meditation, guided meditation upon waking up, going for a run outside with some core workout and stretching afterwards, and exercising over the past decades has helped me maintain my level of energy and gives me so much clarity mm. at times. And I'm a big advocate of sleep and meditation. Uh, my team would say how often I will remind them of that importance of sleep. I used to go on on five hours sleep. It's really not enough. So I really try to keep it to a minimum of six, seven hours. I know it's still not a lot, mm. uh, but it's better than it used to be. And also avoiding blue screen at least one hour before going to bed. So mm -hmm. no phone, no computer. Again, easier said than done, but I'm really trying to do that because we know that blue screen affects your brain. It excites all your neurons before you go to bed. So these are the type of things that I'm trying uh, when, when it's acting, when there's a lot of uncertainty through the crisis as we were working really, really hard. And in these uncertain times, I would say meditation is probably the most important thing because it helps ground you mm. um, and makes you aware of your feelings, you know, anxieties and, and helps you connect with your body and understand what's going on. So I would encourage people to try it. Mm -hmm. And a great illustration of modeling that type of behavior for your team. You know, if your team is one person, if your team is, you know, 15 people or 30 people, or if you have an entire organization under you, um, modeling uh, a priority, making your mental health a priority can be a really powerful stance for leaders to take. Um, so kudos and, and really incredible to see that you model that behavior, encouraging the staff that work with you to um, also develop their own routines and, and leverage mental health support, because I think that symbolically can go a long way. For, for leaders to do as well. Certainly, certainly. And talking about it, mm. uh, I don't I don't remind a call over the past few months since the beginning of the crisis where I haven't talked about the importance of taking care of themselves. And again, meditation and those little tricks and tools that are available out there are really important. And when, when we open the discussions with our teams on these topics, uh, it, there's, I see the benefit. I see their, their faces opening up. I see some light uh, at the other end of the screen. And so I think it's important to keep the dialogue open on these uh, topics. Mm, completely agree. That resonates wholeheartedly with me as well and how we, how we lead our team here. Um, so thank you so much, Annie, for, for such a wonderful conversation on what arguably the most important topic in my mind. Um, thanks for sharing all of these various statistics and some, some great strategies on prioritizing your mental health um, during, as we say, on completely unprecedented times. A real pleasure. Thank you, Kayla. Thank you for joining us this week on the Thrive Podcast, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. Thank you to the Startup Canada production team, BDC, and Scotiabank for helping us to power women entrepreneurs. Visit startupcan.ca forward slash women to download the playbook Resources for Women Entrepreneurs with a comprehensive list of support for you and your business. Visit startupcan.ca for the latest episodes of the Startup Canada podcast hosted by Rick Spence and plug into the Startup Canada network. Until next time, I'm Kayla Isabel. It's time to thrive.